Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of land and waters that this podcast is recorded on. From Mamma Mia, hi, I'm Claire Murphy. Welcome to The Quickie, getting you up to speed daily. Robert De Niro and Al Pacino have both made headlines recently, and it's nothing to do with potential reprising of roles in The Godfather. No, both these men have announced they're either become or about to become a father again, for the seventh and fourth times respectively. A lot has been said about the age of these two actors and their decision to father children this late in their life. But what does it feel like for those children? And what health implications are there for those whose dads reproduce well beyond the years they would have expected to? Today, we speak to children of older dads and a fertility specialist to find out what happens when men in their 70s and 80s provide the sperm that helps create new life. But first, your news headlines for Wednesday, June 14. Former US President Donald Trump has been formally arraigned at a Miami courthouse this morning, pleading not guilty to unlawfully keeping national security documents when he left office and lying to officials who sought to recover them. Supporters greeted Trump on his arrival wearing Make America Great Again hats and chanting Miami for Trump, while others held signs calling for the court to lock him up. The former president continued to defend his innocence, accusing President Joe Biden of targeting him, calling special counsel Jack Smith, who's leading the prosecution, a Trump hater, and writing on social media that his arrest was one of the saddest days in the history of the country. Smith is accusing Trump of risking national security by taking thousands of sensitive papers with him when he left the White House in January 2021 and then storing them in a haphazard manner at his Mar-a-Lago, Florida estate and New Jersey golf club. Photos showing the boxes of documents stored on a ballroom stage, in a bathroom and strewn across a storage room floor. The driver of the bus that overturned in the New South Wales Hunter Valley, killing 10 passengers on their way home from a wedding on the weekend, reportedly spent the first night in jail shaking and crying while saying, I'm sorry, over and over. 58-year-old Brett Button, who allegedly was driving too fast for the conditions on the night the bus tipped on its side and hit a safety barrier, was granted bail yesterday after facing court, charged with 10 counts of dangerous driving occasioning death. The magistrate added strict conditions to his bail, that he not enter the driver's seat of a car, that he adhere to a curfew and he's barred from contacting any police witnesses. A GoFundMe page has been set up to help support the families of the victims, but it's being reported several potentially fake pages have also been created with warnings to check before you donate. A 31-year-old man in the UK has been arrested after three people were found dead on the street and three others injured in Nottingham. Detectives say they remain open-minded about the man's motive, but noted that counter-terrorism officers were working on the investigation. The 31-year-old arrested on suspicion of murder after he allegedly ran people down in a white van. The University of Nottingham has confirmed two of the victims are students. 
A proposal to ban Nazi symbols from public display will be introduced to the federal parliament by the Attorney General. If it passes, the Australian Criminal Code will be amended to prohibit hate symbols and could see those who display Nazi insignia facing up to a year in jail. Selling Nazi memorabilia will also be made an offence and banned for sale in retail and online stores. However, the Nazi salute does not fall under the bill's reach, with that falling under the jurisdiction of the states and territories. The proposal has been welcomed by the Australian Jewish community and the National Spy Agency, who believe outlawing the Nazi symbols will help stop extremist radicalisation and recruitment. While his serve was back on form, Aussie tennis ace Nick Kyrgios's knee problems plagued him on his return to the court. Kyrgios went down in just 68 minutes in Stuttgart, the 28-year-old struggling to move around the court and looking reluctant to chase down the ball, overheard during a changeover saying to his team that he feels his knee in every point and that he can't walk without pain. Kyrgios is recovering from surgery on his knee, the Aussie hoping to be fit enough to play Wimbledon next month. That's your latest news headlines in a moment, today's Deep Dive. Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. So listen, I know you have six kids, but like, seven, have actually, you? I just had a baby. Seven. Oh my goodness. Kate, seven. Yes. I got to know, have you always been the cool dad or have you ever had like the embarrassing dad moments? I don't think that I'm a cool father. I think I, I, I'm okay. You know, my kids uh, disagree with me at times and they're respectful. My daughter, my is 11. She's gives me a grief sometimes. I, argue with her. I, I adore her. But, you know, and my youngest now, that'll be more to come. But yeah, you know, that's, that's, that's what it is. That's 79-year-old actor Robert De Niro speaking to ET Canada recently, sharing that he'd welcomed another child. De Niro first became a dad before many of us were even born, adopting his wife's first child, Drina, who was born in 1971, before welcoming son Raphael, who's now 45, in 1976. After his divorce from his first wife, he went on to have twins, Aaron and Julian, via surrogate in 1995, his fifth child, Elliot, coming along in 1999. His sixth, a daughter, Helen, was born in 2011. Now, more than 10 years later, De Niro has welcomed a seventh child with new partner Tiffany Chen, who he's been dating since 2021, with daughter Gia arriving in April. Drina, his first daughter, had a child in 2003, making his grandchild, Leandro, 20 years older than his youngest child. And he's not the only Hollywood heavy hitter welcoming a new baby late in life. 83-year-old Al Pacino also recently announced that his partner, 29-year-old Noor Alfala, is expecting a baby, Pacino's fourth. Yes, it's very special. It always has been. I've got many kids. He's also dad to Julie Marie, who's 33, and twins Anton and Olivia, who are 22. 
For these men, the ability to become a dad at such a late age is seemingly no issue and no trouble. Clint Eastwood, for example, had children from 1957 to 1996, almost a 40-year span. There is also a list of at least five men who've had children into their 90s, and one who claimed to be 101 at the time of the birth of his child in 1951, but his birth year has been disputed. So what is it like for the children of men who have them when they're much older? Taylor says she was aware of the age gap from a very young age. Her dad was in his 50s when she was born. It occurred to me massively. I could see other fathers really getting down with their kids, playing in the playground and, you know, they had so much energy. And my dad was quite a bit older. He looked older. He wore long socks. He wore shorts. So I was very aware. I had a younger mum, which was great, but it just often felt like I was with my granddad. Kids would sort of say, oh, your dad's old. She says she's one of those whose dad already had a family before she came along. It was very complicated with my father because I feel like I was his second chance. He'd already previously had a family and for various reasons, which I won't go into, that didn't work out. And so I understand why he wanted to have a child with my mother. But I suppose now being the age that I am with kids myself, it does kind of make me feel that it might have been quite a selfish decision. I feel like I have been robbed of having a father. Taylor's dad passed away when she was just 10. And she feels like she's missed out on a lot. I haven't had my dad there to walk me down the aisle. Um, Father's Day is always a bit hard for me. And because I didn't have a relationship with him as an adult, I feel like I didn't really know him. And so I have clung on to all my relatives that have some connection to him because in that way I've been able to find out exactly who he was. Elisa's dad was almost 60 when she arrived, and she says the age difference put her at odds with other kids on the playground. It was incredibly lonely when I was a child. I realised my dad was different from most people my age. He definitely looked older, but I definitely could feel the looks from other people, and I think I did feel a sense of embarrassment But I was very fortunate to have a very loving dad who stayed healthy for such a long time and I'm incredibly grateful for that. I don't think it's had a huge impact on who I am as a person, but I do think it is this awful sadness that comes with knowing that your dad is going to leave at some point. She's only 27 now and she's already having to face putting her dad into care. He is quite ill. He's definitely on the way to having dementia and he needs full-time care which is why he lives in a nursing home and that's quite difficult but I think it is something that I have accepted and kind of knew would happen so I haven't really spoken to my mum about it I think she knew at times I felt embarrassment and sadness in regards to um, having an older dad but it wasn't something we spoke about as a family I felt guilty making my parents feel bad that I had an older dad because I did have a dad that cared about me and loved me. So I thought it would be selfish to express feelings of anger or sadness around him being older. Elisa says when stories come out with people like Al Pacino and Robert De Niro having children at advanced ages, it's the commentary around them that makes it hard for her. I think the hard thing is a lot of the time people will talk about it with disgust and I kind of have to sit there and be like, well, my dad's older and I'm the sort of person they're talking about. 
I do think it is wrong, especially because these people are so much older. And I think there is a part of me that finds it quite selfish because I do know they're going to eventually leave their child at a younger age. I always grew up knowing that it's very likely my dad will never see me get married or have kids and it's quite sad and I think knowing that these children are going to feel that way and I can relate is hard. The issues children might face as women age and the quality of her eggs decline have been very well documented. But what implications could there be if the person adding their DNA to the mix via sperm is advanced in age? Michael Eisenberg is a urologist, male fertility specialist, male sexual function specialist at Stanford University School of Medicine. Michael, what are the potential risks of sperm coming from an older dad? Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. And I think across a lot of the world, we're seeing fathers getting older and older. And so people are looking more into the implications of this. Now, the oldest father ever is reportedly 96, so the biologic potential does persist. But, you know, we've found that there are risks that increase as father's age. You know, there's data that semen quality is impaired, so it becomes harder to get a partner pregnant. And there also may be some potential harms or risks to the offspring. For example, higher risk of preterm birth, higher risk of low birth weight children, higher risk of sort of early problems like child needing to go to the neonatal intensive care unit, for example. And people have also looked at other early childhood health problems, for example, higher risk of some rare childhood tumors, higher risk of birth defects as well. So I think this is an emerging area of research interest because it is becoming a little more common. Common question I get is why? You know, why are these risks increasing? And you know, if you look at the difference between a woman's egg supply and a man's sperm supply, you know, the origins are a little bit different. So, for example, women are born with all their eggs through progressive ovulation. They're eventually all used. But for men, once puberty begins, there's sort of a perpetual production of sperm. And the way that this happens is there's germ cells that are continuously regenerating. And that is mostly perfect, but not completely perfect. So it's estimated that every year, there's probably two mutations that occur in the DNA in those stem cells. And so you, know, you can imagine that there's billions of pairs of DNA in our body. Mutation here and there is unlikely to cause a problem. But over time, if you're comparing, for example, a 30-year-old father to a 40-year-old father, you know, that's 10 years. So that's 20 more mutations. For an individual, that may not be that much of a risk, but at a population level, we are seeing older and older fathers who may start to see some manifestations of this. And that's what these large epidemiologic studies have showed us when we look at older fathers compared to younger fathers, we do see some higher risks of some of these rare conditions. Do those risks change at all dependent on the age of the mother in question? So in Al Pacino's case, for example, he's in his 80s, his partner is in her 20s. Would those risk factors change if, say, she was in her 30s or 40s as well as him being in his 80s? I think that's one of those important questions where we need a little bit more data. I will say that, you know, when we've looked at some of these risks in our own research, when we've divided some of these analyses based on maternal age, we have seen somewhat of a muting of risk. So I think in general, when you look at a lot of these, you know, fertility is a team sport, so I think it's important to look at both members of a couple. And it does seem like some of the risk can be mitigated to some extent with younger women for some outcomes. So, for example, when we looked at preterm birth, which is an outcome 
generally they can affect maybe 5 to 20% of births, depending on the population. It's a much rarer outcome for younger women. So we see that as well, even as we factor in paternal age. But you know, as fathers get older, the risk does increase across all these different age groups, but it's probably a little bit lower risk for the younger women. So I think for some outcomes, that may be the case, but for the preponderance of data, those sort of analyses have not been done. And so we just see this higher risk for older fathers. And it's hard to know if the mother's younger, if that's going to mitigate a lot of the risk. What is the biggest barrier for men and their fertility as they age? Is it something like erectile dysfunction, seeing as it's not something like sperm production? Well, I think that certainly happens. You know, if you look at men over the age of 40, over half will have some trouble with erection. So that does become more common. But I think maternal factors are a big part of that because there is a strong correlation between a man's age and a woman's age in terms of a partnerhood. You know, there also may be just some sperm quality issues, you know, some of which we can measure, you know, when we're looking at volume of semen, the number of sperm, their movement, their shape. But there may be some other factors that technology does not allow us to measure yet that may just impact the ability of the sperm to function. And I think that's something that, again, we need better testing for and just, you know, more information regarding that for men. I know you've mentioned some potential risks for children as they're being born or directly after birth, but is there anything in the impacts on children as they get older if their father was significantly older? I know there's some research that perhaps there's an increased risk of mental health issues for children born of older fathers. Is there anything to back that up? Yeah, so there are some good studies that have looked at that. And again, I think it's hard to know exactly what drives this association. But researchers have linked older fathers to higher risk, as you're pointing out, of certain mental health disorders, such as schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, higher risk of autism as well. One study in Scandinavia looked at higher risk of poor academic performance in grade school, higher risk of failing out of school, lower scores on different exams. I think that may be something as well. And then also looking, you know, again, sort of at later life, there have been studies looking at adult cancers. So breast cancer, prostate cancer, there's studies that suggest that men or women whose fathers are older, you know, so for men, a man whose father was a little older has a higher risk of prostate cancer. And again, developing the normal time prostate cancer is, is developed probably in the 50s, 60s, 70s. And then same for women looking at breast cancer. If the father of that woman was a little older, there's a higher risk of breast cancer development. Is there an ideal age for men to be fathering children? As we're looking at more of this data, I think more education is probably helpful just to, for men and for women to understand that the reproductive years are not unlimited. So some of these risks do go up. So, you know, what is an older father? I think it's unlikely that there's any specific age after which the risk increases significantly. It's not a step function. For example, the American Neurologic Association, the American Society of Reproductive Medicine define older father as over 40. But I think it's something that, you know, men and women should just understand and factor into the decision. I think there's a lot that goes into when couples or when individuals should have children. You know, you want to be right with your career, finances, et cetera. Ultimately, there's probably never a perfect time to have a child. But I think if you're starting to just gather information about this, it's important for some of these risks, I think, to also factor into it, that it may take longer to have children. And again, there's some potential risks that increase with it. From an evolutionary standpoint, you know, we used to think of sort of peak fertility as probably late teens, early 20s. 
But, you know, again, now with modern society and civilization, that ideal time has probably been pushed back a little for career and for other reasons. So I think, again, a lot probably factors into it. But as we're getting more information and data on the risks of maternal and paternal age, I think that should definitely hopefully influence some couple's decisions. Taylor says her views on her dad leaving her so young and for being so much older as she was growing up has changed as she herself has grown and had a family of her own. But when she hears about these increasingly older actors becoming dads again, it does stir up some pretty strong emotions. Being a parent, I think, has changed me in the way that I think about that because I do think it's, you know, lovely to have children. But when I hear the news about a celebrity having a child and they're a senior citizen, (laughs) it does actually give me a pang of how can you be so selfish? You might only be around for five or ten more years. How is that fair in your child or the child of a parent? The Quickie is produced by myself, Claire Murphy, and our executive producer, Callie Borg, with audio production by Tegan Sadler.